0: We take some of the greatest things for granted. I know that in my home state of Washington and California and now New York and some of these other places, they're shutting down completely, uh, but I'm, I'm great. I've never been more thankful to be in Nevada in all my life, but praise God. Amen. Well, we have a special treat tonight. Uh, hallelujah. We have had this plan, and we've been trying to make this work for a long time. I really feel felt impressed to have Brother Brizuela, that's what I'll call you right now, Brother Mark Brizuela come and preach to us, and it just so happened that it would work during this time, so in a moment's notice, you're going to be preaching, and now you're a televangelist, so in a moment's time, you just really elevate it real quick, so make sure you get enough money from Facebook to buy us a jet or something, do do something great, but no, uh, everyone here knows and loves Brother brother Brizuela. I want to say personally from my wife and I, we love and appreciate you. And uh Brother Mark Vizuela is one of the one of the many that has been with us and stood with us over the last year and a half and has been such a strength. He's helped us on many different things, but most recently helped us uh, with the youth group and different things like that. And just whatever needs to be done, he says I'm ready to do it. And I I thank God for men of God like that. Brother Vizuela, we want you to come and preach. We got all night, so you might as well preach as long as you want, as much as you want. God bless you.
1: Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Hood, for that introduction. Uh, Bear with me. I got the the laptop, so it's going to take a minute. But uh, I just want to thank this church uh, for this opportunity. For Pastor and Sisterhood for giving me this opportunity. Um, I had a feeling it was coming one day. I just didn't know when and how, but I knew uh, God would make it happen. So I appreciate, I appreciate this church. Um, a lot of ha- has happened. Matter of fact, this time last year, I was, just got hired at East Fork Fire, and that was a blessing in itself. The Johnsons. The Johnsons, no, she actually had a dream that I was working there the day before they gave me a call. So there's, there's been a lot of things that you guys don't know about maybe that God has been working even through all, all the transition and through all the, the coronavirus and just through everyone's life this past year. That's been wild. God has been doing great, great things. <laughs> oh, amen. Let me get to where I'm going and we'll get this, we'll get this rolling in Jesus' name you guys can turn to your Bibles, Leviticus 6 and verse 10. This is where I'm going to start, and if you have it, just say amen. Hallelujah. I definitely feel that God gave me this message a long time ago, years ago. It just took time to uh, to grow it and to, to build it, and I feel like uh, God has spoken to me, and I, I believe that this is for this church for this moment in time. Leviticus 6 and verse 10 it says, And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and his linen breeches shall he put upon his flesh, and take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. Verse 11, and he shall put off his garments, and put on other garments. And carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it, it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13 The, vi- the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar, it shall never go out. Hallelujah. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach on just this thought. It's chosen to change the atmosphere. Chosen to change the atmosphere. If you could put your Bibles down and just begin to to intercede with me real quick and lift your hands towards heaven. God, I need you right now, Lord. I need your spirit, God. Anoint these feeble lips of clay, God. Anoint this vessel to preach your word, Lord. Your word is anointed, God. Your spirit is here. I can feel it right now come on somebody push right now I've been chosen to change the atmosphere God even in the midst of uncertainty God even in the midst of this virus God and pestilence God I give you glory and praise and honor God because you've chosen me for this purpose Jesus hallelujah somebody worship him right now somebody praise him he's good hallelujah you're worthy God you are worthy Lord You can be seated. Hallelujah. As I begin to study the book of Leviticus, I find that it's identified as the book of holy. Hallelujah. Due to its focus on the calling, service, and assignment of men and vessels that were set apart for the service of the tabernacle, the book of Leviticus, Latin meaning pertaining to the Levites, which is one of the 12 tribes of Israel, set aside for the special service in this specific time. Its proper Hebrew name is Viacra or Viacra, meaning he called. We read the specific instruction by God of the building of the tabernacle, the direction, the location, the measurements, materials, and the layout and the order of that tabernacle. The regulations written to the officiating priesthood, the instructions and the responsibility of the perpetual burning of the altar's fire shows the gravity placed on the office of the priesthood, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house already. Hallelujah, Jesus, you're worthy, God. Hallelujah, I praise you. Amen. Excuse me. My laptop's acting up. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We also see the specific clothing that had to be worn for the particular task. A mantle or covering that was special, that clearly emphasized the critical role of the priesthood in connecting Israel to the glory of God. The washing of the priest's hands and feet at the labor before the ministry and at the altar signified cleanliness literally and from sin, a shadow of cleansing by the blood of Christ and also of baptism. Obeying commandment and instruction was a necessity for Israel's growth. Leviticus shows that the priesthood held the responsibility to keep alight the fire God would supernaturally light or ignite during that first sacrifice offered. There was also day and night watches organized to ensure the fire never be extinguished. Hallelujah. Thank you. Leviticus deals with holiness, the nature of sacrifices, and sanctuary worship. There is a strong emphasis placed upon that which is sacred and that which is common. Also, the aspect of covenantal relationship, its function and responsibilities within Israel. The sacrificial system in Leviticus is a shadow of Christ's ultimate atonement for sin. Karbon is the Hebrew word for sacrifices, which comes from the word korov, which means close to the divine sacrifices were meant to bring people closer to God, a type of prayer life. Hallelujah. How many agree with that? How many want to get closer to God? My prayer life matters. Your prayer life matters. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It gives me strength when I come into this house and I hear prayerful people and I hear the sound of prayer And I come into my house, and I hear Brother Jonathan praying in his room. It brings strength unto me, and it does something in my spirit. It gives me a closeness to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The tabernacle is a type of man, the outer court, man's body. The inner court could be the soul, and the holies of holies could be the spirit of man, the three parts of man. God is establishing a covenant with man, a love, relationship, and connection. That would later turn into Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice for the world. Ripping the veil in twain as we know in Matthew 27, 51. Signifying that at that moment the door of God's presence would open to man. Not anymore just to the high priest and not just once a year. But to whosoever will. Whosoever will come and worship. Whosoever has a has a feeling of a calling or wants to get closer to God could come into his presence the high priest had the responsibility to create an atmosphere where God would show up and atone sins can I remind the church that we are the high priests in today's time come on somebody we are the high priest it's our responsibility to bring in and to bring that atmosphere in so when people walk in like brother Morgan He came in here and he felt an atmosphere of prayerful people. He felt an atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on church. This is what we need to to feel here today. Bear it on your shoulders and say, I am the one. I am the high priest that is going to usher in the presence of God. First Peter 2:9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah 2:10, which is in times past, were not a people, but are now the people of God, which have obtained mercy, but now, which have not obtained mercy, mercy, but now have obtained mercy, excuse me. 1 Peter 2, 5 says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built upon spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. This is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We are the high priest church. We are called to set an atmosphere so God can show up. We have a responsibility in setting an atmosphere so God can change and move and work in us. Hallelujah. How many believe that right now? How many believe that worship him? Come on. Come on. I know you're hearing it from somebody else. That's a little bit different. But this is the same word that Pastor Hood preaches. This is the same word that rose Jesus from the grave. Come on. Somebody lift up his name. Praise him. Shout with victory. Hallelujah. Amen. It says in the word of God, be ye holy for I am holy. 1 Peter 1.16, God wants a process in order to prepare the environment for perfect conditions so he can work and move in our lives. Let everything be done in decency and in order, 1 Corinthians 14.40 proclaims. The importance of the tabernacle and the fiery altar played a historic role in the time and in generations to come. What if they didn't take up that mantle, Brother Jonathan? What if they didn't feel that urgency and say, you know what, let's leave it to somebody else. Somebody else will come and take this spot. Somebody else will come and take this responsibility. I know there's a promised land that I'm trying to get to, Brother Jonathan. There's a place in God that I want to reach. And I'm going to do it if it means I have to do it with just a couple people. Yadararovo, <laughs> shut up. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 6:17 it says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Ingredients or prerequisites to a great revival in our church, family, city, work, or wherever you need it, and that is having revival personally first. I believe this with all my heart as God has been working on me this past year to get it in my spirit and to get it in me first before I, before I move to other things and before I, before I try to preach this to the church here today. God has been burning it in my spirit. The tabernacle, this is a type of ourselves Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, we or our bodies, are the temple where God intends to dwell. First Corinthians 6:19 through20. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Romans 12, 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Romans 12, and 2, it says, and be not conformed to this world, but ye be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Hallelujah. There's vital elements that we need here today. There's spiritual formation. It sets a Holy Ghost fire in our souls in every individual that begins a process of growth and sets an atmosphere that God can use. I quote from Will Hernandez in the book, Living the Lord's Prayer. It says, the process of being with Christ in order to become like Christ and consequently live for Christ. There's three vital elements. It's being with Christ. That's my prayer life. It's becoming like Christ, that's my character, and when I read the word and I study God and his character, it's living for Christ, busyness in the kingdom, and staying connected to the church. Hallelujah, I need to stay connected to my brothers and my sisters here today, if I'm going to grow and if I'm going to move forward in the Holy Ghost. How many believe that here tonight? Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Even through this time, God, of sickness, I'm going to be connected to your, your church and your people, God. Hallelujah. This is creating my personal, in my personal life, an atmosphere for revival. Revival, an improvement in the condition or strength of something. True spiritual revivals are marked by deep conviction for sin, incarnality, repentance, and a return to righteousness. There is usually an ingathering of souls following a spiritual renewal. But revival itself targets those that are already believers, that are already the church. The natural result is greater Christ likeness and love for each other and a broader manifestation for Christian virtues throughout the community. These elements have a compelling attractiveness which draws unbelievers into the circle of influence. Luke 14, 23, it states, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. The Holy Ghost fire that is in us affects those around us. It draws people closer and not away from. (laughs) Hallelujah. How many believe that it draws people closer, not away from the church, but closer to God? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In 2003, I'm going to read about this fire that was posted online. The Cedar Fire was a massive, highly destructive wildfire which burned over 200,000 acres of land in the San Diego County during October and November 2003. The fire's rapid growth was driven by the Santa Ana winds, causing the fire to spread at a rate of 3,600 acres per hour. By the time the fire was fully contained on November 4th it had destroyed 2820 buildings including 2232 homes and killed 15 people including one firefighter hotspots continued to burn within the Cedar Fire's perimeter until December 5th 2003 when the fire was fully brought under control the Cedar Fire began in within the Cleveland National Forest it was first reported at 5.37 p.m. on October 25, 2003, the south of Ramona in central San Diego County. At the time it began, at least 11 other wildfires were actively burning in Southern California. Between the time the fire started and midnight, the predicted strong easternly Santa Ana winds surfaced and burnt, and the fire burned approximately 5,319 acres by 3 a.m., 62,000 acres had burned overnight. The fast-moving fire killed 12 people living in Wildcat Canyon in Mooth Valley in the northern part of Lakeside who had little or no warning that the fire was approaching. The fire destroyed 39 homes on the Barona Indian Reservation. In only a few hours, the Cedar Fire pushed southwest over 30 miles and burned over 100,000 acres at rates up to 6,000 acres per hour. The fire also crossed several large highways, including Interstate 15. And by noon on October 26, the fire was burning hundreds of homes, in the Scripps Ranch community of San Diego and was threatening many others. On October 29th, a group of firefighters attempting to defend a house in Riverwood Estates near San Isabel became entrapped and overrun by the fire. One firefighter died, another firefighter sustained several injuries and two others were hurt. Firefighters finally achieved full containment of the Cedar Fire on November 3rd. And the Cedar Fire was completely brought under control on December 5th. In the wake of 2003 firestorm, hallelujah, including the Cedar Fire, California governor declared a state of emergency, kind of seems like today, and activated the National Guard to assist in the disaster relief process. President George W. Bush declared Los Angeles, San Bernardino, San Diego, and Ventura Ventura counties major... Disaster areas and air travel in that area was shut down. It also, in San Diego, the Qualcomm Stadium was used as the evacuation site, forcing the NFL to move. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The investigation shows that it determined that the fire was started by Sergio Martinez. And I'm going somewhere real quick, so just bear with me. On West Covina, California, a novice hunter who had been hunting in the area and had become lost. (laughs) Amen. Martinez initially told investigators that he had fired a shot from his rifle to, 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 to draw attention and that the shot had caused the fire. But he later admitted that he started the fire initially to signal rescuers. After gathering sticks and brush together, Martinez lit the brush and quickly lost control of the fire because of heat low humidity, and low moisture content of the surrounding vegetation. Can I just tell you real quick, when the environment is right, that low humidity, low moisture content of the surrounding vegetation means that his environment was right for conditions to blow up. Hallelujah. When when my spirit is right in me, and the conditions of my heart are right, and I'm in line with the almighty God, the atmosphere is set for a wildfire to start in me, for that fire to start burning in me, hallelujah, hallelujah, in Acts 28 and 3, it says, and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, sounds like a coincidence, and laid them on the fire, they came a viper out of the heat, and it fastened on his hand, and the barbarian saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, and they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom thought he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffer him, suffereth not to live. Verse 5, he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. When Paul was, What was Paul really saying in that moment without speaking? Job 13, 15, it says, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Though I'm going through these, these times in my life that I don't understand, Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was going through a storm. He was in a storm, literally and figuratively, excuse me. But Paul decided to light a fire. He decided to change his environment around him and say, you know what? I'm going to serve my God. You know what? I'm going to gather sticks and I'm going to start my fire right here. No matter the conditions, no matter I'm in bondage, no matter what pestilence comes my way, no matter that I'm losing my job and things don't make sense, I'm going to start my fire right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I remind the church, don't let the bite in situations of this world slowly kill your ministry and calling. But shake it off into the fire that you build. Hallelujah. I want to build my fire here tonight, church. Hallelujah. And I want it to spread to those around me. Hallelujah. There's a few things I learned When I was in the fire academy a year ago, today, the fire triangle, it's called the fire triangle, and it's compromised or it it includes heat, fuel, and oxygen. And it begins a, a chemical chain reaction, not too much or too little of one thing, but the perfect amount. And at a certain point in this combustion reaction called the ignition point, flames are produced. The flame is the visible portion of the fire. And there's different stages of that development. There's the incipient stage, which is the combustion that I was just explaining to you, the small fire. And then it moves to the growth stage. It starts influencing his environment around it. And it moves to the fully uh, developed stage if it has enough fuel. Everything in that compartment or involved are on fire. And then from that stage, it moves to flashover. Everything involved ignites and reaches temperatures unsurvivable. Hallelujah, we need the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn in us and to change our atmosphere around us. Come on, church, I feel it so strongly right now that that once we get this personally in our lives, that we begin to take it outside of our homes and outside of the church and into our jobs and into our, our neighborhoods and begin to let that fire radiate from us and let that fire, let the convection of the Spirit and the conduction move from you to somebody else. Come on, somebody. Can somebody worship him real quick and praise him? God, I want your fire, Jesus. I want the Holy Ghost in fire, God. I want it to burn in me, Jesus. I want it to move from me to others, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want that purifying agent. Hallelujah. There's also benefits to that fire. The Holy Ghost in fire is a refining fire. It cleans out any impurities, things that might have been planted there when we were children. I know there's some things in my personal life that I did not want planted there. But when I fall to my face and I begin to seek God and I feel that fire, it burns those seeds, it burns those plants, it burns those strong trees that were once there out of my life. It refines me. Come on, church, right now I feel like we are definitely in a... A Holy Ghost refining moment in this time. It's not time to sit back and to play patty cake. Hallelujah. It's not, ba- it's not time to sit back and to look at, look at how much money you have in the bank or what's going to happen five years from now. But somebody needs to get a revelation that right now I have a responsibility to usher in the presence of God to create an atmosphere so God can use it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Fire. It used to keep those alive in the coldest of storms. It brings light and understanding in those dark days. It brings life around and things to. It brings life to things around, it, excuse me, and influences those by radiant, conductive, and convective heat. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn in us. Luke 12, 35, it says, Let your loins be girded about. And your light's burning. What does that mean? Your loins girded. That means it's time to work. That means there's a battle that's taking place. And there's warriors. And you need to gird up your loins and make yourself ready. And make sure that your light is burning in you. Hallelujah. If the musicians could come, I'm pretty much almost there. I'm not going to take very long. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, don't let the, don't, don't, Jesus' name, don't cut off the oxygen supply or the fuel supply to your ministry, church. God did not call us to be an apneic or a lifeless church, but a church that creates an atmosphere for the fire to fall and to change us, a prayerful and anointed church. Hallelujah. I think Jeremiah said it best during his during his problems in his life and during the ups and downs and uncertainties, he said it like this, it's like fire shut up in my bones. And he was known as a weeping prayerful prophet. Hallelujah. When the, when the conditions are right, church, revival is in, intimate. That means it's going to happen. In Acts chapter 2, they were in one mind and one accord. Prayerful people and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. They took responsibility in setting the atmosphere. There was only 120, but I'm sure there was supposed to be more that day, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. It, the same fire in the Old Testament was the same fire that felled upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost church, And it began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance and gave them power. Hallelujah. When the fire rages, church, it creates its own weather. When the wind gets behind that fire, there's no stopping it. Like the story I told you about the Santa Ana winds. All we have to do is create the atmosphere and just show God there's a little flame that you could use. There's a little fire that you could use to spread across this city. There's a little fire you could use to set a fire in my family. There's a little fire you could use to spread in my department, God. Somebody lift up your hands and begin to worship him. I feel his presence right now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody be sensitive to his spirit. God. Hallelujah, keep worshiping him, church. Hallelujah, praise you, God. I feel this spirit so strongly right now. Come on, somebody. Just keep praying. Keep pushing a little bit. Come on. There's fires in this world, but they never last. Their supply will soon run out in this world. Moses discerned that burning bush, and the, the burning bush was not consumed. The fire of the Holy Ghost will burn forever, church. It calls. It gives life. It gives purpose and direction. Come on, somebody. Somebody push after that fire. I don't want your fire, God. I don't want the things of this world. They're not gonna last. They're not gonna uphold me, God. Hallelujah, 1906, the Azusa Street Revival. From William J. Seymour, a man, African-American, not from Los Angeles, but journeyed all the way there because he felt the call of God. The revival that happened in that era, this revival happened because there was a few people that took the responsibility upon their shoulders and started to create an atmosphere and a home that God could work in. They weren't even in a church And William J. Seymour used to sit outside of an all-white church on a step and listen to the preached word of God. And he trusted in his God even though he was outside of an all-white man's church. And he said, God, I'll listen to your voice. I'll take the responsibility even though I can't even come into the house of God. I'm going to set an atmosphere in a home, Jesus, where your spirit can move in me, God. He didn't wait for anyone. He didn't wait for a job. He didn't even have a job. He didn't wait for an evangelist to come speak a word to him. He didn't wait for the right music or a special program. He didn't wait for a church building or more people to get on board. He didn't wait for a convenient time in his life. But I quote, he said, I can say through the power of the spirit, That wherever God can get people that will come together in one accord and in one mind, in the word of God, the baptism of the Holy Ghost will fall upon them. Hallelujah. The Levites were set apart to God. God's people in the church all partake of this priesthood. And thus, we are holy church set apart for the service of God. I feel that so strongly right now. There are no distinct members who are called to live separated lives with when others do not. All are holy, all are separated from the common and unclean. All are called to fulfill involvement, involvement in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, if you feel that right now in your spirit, I want you to lift your hands and begin to lift your voice where you're at. Come on, I know this is a weird time in our lives with this coronavirus upon us but no matter what the situation I'm gonna change that environment of uncertainty I'm gonna push it aside and I'm gonna begin to light a fire in my life in my home in my spirit in my attitude I'm gonna change my perspective and I'm gonna say God you're the only thing that matters to me you're the only thing I need let the church light a fire so when people walk in it they start speaking in tongues they begin to feel your presence they begin to lose their tongue I praise you Lord I magnify you Jesus for you are worthy come on somebody pushing the Holy Ghost if you have the Holy Ghost right now I want you to speak in tongues come on begin to intercede for your church begin to intercede for your people at your job for your family for those around you If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I want you to lift up your hands, begin to repent for your sins. Say, God, I'm sorry. I want your spirit in me, God. I want this fire, God. I want this power that changes me, God. I want this anointing that's going to lead me, God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Keep pushing right now. Keep pushing on a Wednesday night when everyone's uncertain, when when everyone doesn't know what's going to happen. The church knows. The church has a plan and a purpose to fulfill.